0: Does everyone know this story? Nadav and Abihu. These are these two sons of Aaron. Let me just tell it to you quickly. They went one night out and on their own after learning all the sacrificial rites they went and got the fire pans. They got their stuff and they tried to do a sacrifice but they didn't have any meat. So when you don't have any meat and you use all the things that caused a tragedy and they died as a result of this fire. So you could say they drew too close or... They they were messing around with things that they did not know the power and strength.
1: Okay.
0: And I, uh, there is Midrash here, but I would suggest that now he's talking directly to Moses. Why? Because he can't talk to Aaron directly after the death of the two sons because he's not going to hear it because he's in grief. That's why he speaks to Moses and not Aaron. Daber el Aharon achicha Tell your brother Aaron, he's not to come, he's not to come at will into the shrine behind the curtain. In front of the cover that's on the ark, because he may die. Because that's where I show up. So the first line, Uh, And this is something about sacrifice. You will not get it. You can't handle the truth. You don't know what this ritual is happening behind the cover, even the highest of the high priest. There is something that is magical, mythic, about this operation that you're not going to understand. And Moses has to tell this to Aaron, your brother, because God doesn't say it directly, because Aaron could shoot back and say, Oh, I don't get it. You took my two sons. I don't understand this. I, I, I see God in a triangle here with Moses and Aaron, frankly. Because God, I think, has something to say for, in reaction to Aaron. Aaron is silent. Okay. Thus, only Aaron shall enter the shrine with a bull of the herd for a purgation offering, chatat, it's actually sin, and a ram for an olah. The olah offering is completely consumed in the. Yeah, I won't take it. He dressed in sacral linen, linen breeches next to his flesh, girt with a linen sash and a linen turban. Note that we're still in spring and linen is in full effect even in March. That was a bad joke. We're supposed to wear linen from. Boy, oh, till September, we get Labor Day here and why the pants the coast yeah, yeah. Uh, oh really sorry <laughs> it's LA it's LA you LA. can tell it's let it not in. an LA thing and I we can wear
1: white all
2: year
3: all year
1: that's,
0: what is what's the, the of living here. <laughs> Ahmed what is the uh, what is the importance of the pants that he has to wear pants and not just a robe it is a prohibition of any sexual kind of operation for the high priest it says he must wear undergarments because he goes up on the altar and you don't want any illusion of that there's something carnal going on here. Even though it is a flesh table. I mean, it's really a carnal... The the sacrifice itself is a carnal uh, operation. And from the Israelite community, he takes shne Tzirei Izim Lechatat. Then he takes two goats for this chatat offering and an ayil echad le'ola and one ram for this burnt offering. Aaron saw for his own bull of purgation offering to make expiation for himself and his household. When I say priest and his household, what's surprising there in a modern context? He's a priest, and he's got a household. What does that mean? He's He's not celibate. He's He's married, and he's got a family. What's other thing if you think of a priest as a pure pope-like creature, that he has to make chatat for himself? What does that mean? Is Aaron blameless? No. He has to go through the exact same ritual as everyone else. Uh... This Pope, uh, inerrancy and infallacy in the Catholic Church, do we know how old this is, when the edict was that the Pope is infallible? Early 19th century. Mm -hmm. It's a very late, very late question. And if you watch the current Pope, he, Francis, does not often make mistakes. "Ah." He is totally fighting against that. Do Do you know about this? We'll get to it later, about when he said dogs... You know, Papa, will my dog, I see my dog in heaven? And he said, Yes, my child. Then the people of the doctrine of the faith uh, said, No, no, he won't. Dogs can't be in heaven. Because animals, frankly, we're going to talk about this. Animals are a symbol of a lower form of life and a type of demon in most, in some, not a unicorn, but anyway. When he was wrong, he said, Oh, what are I supposed to say to a kid? Uh, it's very powerful about fallacy, and, but here we are that Aaron has his own hatta, and then he takes the two he goats. So but it also is clear right before in verse six that he is clearing himself first so that this isn't about his stuff. This is very important as a clergy. You've got to drop or a therapist or anyone for that matter. If you're truly going to be there for somebody, can you drop out? And that's why he's doing his own ritual first for his household so that he could be present for the sins of the community. We're on verse 7. Aaron should take the two goats and let them stand before Adonai at the tent of the meeting. And he should place Goralot. Lots on the two goats. One marked for Adonai and the other for Azazel. Now, Goral means to cause. Now it says here lots. What are you guys imagining when they put lots on each what of these? Mean
3: to cause,
0: uh, cause goral, oh, causations.
3: Oh, oh, okay. He puts two causations yeah, on okay. them.
0: What are you guys imagining? I, I'm not a Vegas person. What does it look like?
2: Drawing
0: straws. It's kind of like drawing straws, but then just a ima- mat. Is it just like almost putting two coins on and it's heads or tails? And so he's got these things and he's kind of covered them and he like flipped a coin. Now what? And then the, just the next verse. And Aaron should bring forward the goat designated to, for God so we're missing that operation what in your fantasy, in your mind what does that operation look like for the high priest
1: mm-hmm.
0: H- help me just p- personalize it in your lives when you flip a coin, what does it look like
4: it's tails.
0: yeah, that's the pshat yeah But like, let's say, okay, your kids want to go to dinner, and one wants to go to sushi, and the other wants to go to pizza. And you want sushi. You're the priest, right? You're the dad. It's supposed to be a
2: random
0: choice. Absolutely, it's random. (coughs) What's happening here? I mean, what is this? Is he truly, Aaron, in this moment, flipping a coin? Or is it trying to tell us that the two lots of life can go up or down depending on capriciousness or God's de- designation. It doesn't say that God came down and said, "Aaron, choose this goat." I mean, this is actually—it's a, a wonderful meditation. What we're going to do in meditation is this choice point of these two goats, of two directions that we can take. Uh, kind choice. of, I—well, I th- this is the irony, I think, of kind of all religion. It's a choice point, but is it? It's lot Is it going to go this way or that way? And these are two goats, I believe, without blemish it says, no?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It just says two he goats. Just says, but am I supposed to look? Am I like... Uh, You know what, Uh, you guys following the new candidacies uh, for all of these democratic... Aren't you trying to look underneath and be like, okay, I hear the talk. you got policy. You're such a handsome man. Or, I don't know. How do we we choose? What is this ritual uh, trying to... Because we don't believe in demons. I don't think we believe in ritual sacrifice in the sense that we used to, in the sense of like, I'm giving up this God. But how do we go through this very uh, magical, mythic
2: operation? Well, at least I'm used to the translation being lots, which sounds like it's random. But if I understood what you said, that's not a good translation. The word is really causation, which could mean anything. It could mean anything. It could mean there is some way to make a determination Well, this is God's law. Is that your point? Yeah, it it isn't. This isn't necessarily really a random lot choice. Uh, You know,
3: it is. I I I think
2: it is. See, it depends
0: because you know it ain't like early, early. Have you watched ethnographies of like uh, African liver inspections? They have the liver and they have to determine what is going to be, and then this ritual. It depends. Like, is that high priest truly opening himself and to the community and say, I'm as pure as I can be, that whatever may be is. And then you turn and this is the one that goes to Azazel and this is the one because I did it with the most pure heart. Or is it uh, <coughs> I am praying for the righteousness of my people and I'm putting all of my effort into all of the bad that could possibly be that I am conscious and that this designates it and that I'm actually intellectualizing it.
4: Or is there a bit of show?
0: Or is it all, this is how we do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Back to?
3: I don't want to be the one sitting here saying, gosh, I don't know. So, and I'm putting myself in this place. Yeah. So, (laughs) let me say, I have the guidance and... You shall be.
0: Because everybody's watching, everybody's seeing <clears throat> this ritual.
4: Yeah. Is it an exercise in mastering chance?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Say cool. more. Say more.
4: Well, we all meet chance in our lives sometimes. And we don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but whatever it is, we have to deal with it.
0: Yes. So I would say just to that, if you think about the one that goes off to Azazel, he gets to leave. He gets to live. Yeah. Escape. Scapegoat. He does get to escape. While the other one that gets to go to God, turned into barbecue. But, Good ending, bad ending?
3: So, so you, you know, who shall live, who shall die. Yes. Um, but the one who is selected to die is, necessarily, is not necessarily a bad Ending because they're going to God, so
0: you know they're both good endings. So is it mastering chance? The chance is still very much there. Very much there. It's so interesting know. how scapegoat turned into a political kind of context, but it's a ritual, ritual moment. Yeah. They that
2: I'm sure. Help? It's. Uh, I mean, you die, you go to God. That you know, they come under the rubric of good. But uh, I'm not sure that uh, um, the goat that lives that is viewed with a lot of the sins and everything else, yeah. that sounds to me like not such a good... Uh, right. Uh, you know, I don't know about psychology. Is both bad?
4: <clears throat> Isn't there an implication that God has this channeling and it mm-hmm. will be his choice ultimately? Which one goes to him?
0: Yeah, I just... I, I think Midrash would say, of course, this is what Aaron is doing. He's praying to God on high and, and saying, which one, which one? And it's just, and in fact, the Midrash says, you know, he has this shield of the stones with the names yeah. of the tribes that literally, this is Ibn Ezra, the l- letters light up for him yeah. and spell out, like in a code, what <laughs> the language should be.
1: Yeah.
0: Narishkai. For me. Na'ashkai. I mean, if I read just the shot of the text, which is. He should take two goats and he puts lots on them. And then he should be the one forward designated by Lot for Adonai. It doesn't say Adonai tells him which one. you got to make a call.
4: But he's, uh, he's God's emissary, Aaron. I, he's a priest. Of, co-
0: of course, of course. But let's remember how it begins Moses spoke to Aaron He mm-hmm. said, Tell your brother Aaron. If he's such an emissary, why five verses ago was all of a sudden Moses triangulated through this, this, they should be hand in hand. And his sons were killed because they, well, not even because. It just happened. I think that's all in this narrative structure. And so I do want to return just back to that sacrifice, and I'm just going to challenge you, does it even matter? which goat it is or is it the fact that you go through this operation should I go to law school should I go to med school should, my my folks were really wide liberals I could either go to med school, law school or rabbinical school I had three major choices well what kind of choice is that but we went through the operation and here we are uh, at this moment or to say yes, so let's let's read the ritual itself and I do think that the, the sanguine, the blood involved in the ritual of pouring out is such an imaginative, powerful ritual. So Aaron brings forward the goat, I'm on verse nine. Bring forward the goat designated by Lot for Adonai, which is to offer as a sin offering while the goat designated by lot for Azazel should let standing alive before God to make expiation with it, lechaper alav. So expiation is kipur lechaper, and send it off to the wilderness in uh, for Azazel. La Azazel hamidbara. Now do you see the hebrew at the bottom line yeah. some midrash has switched the letters hmm? do you see how strange it is azazel zayin aleph zayin very strange creature word almost aziz el means the strength of god azazel is the furthest from god but these letters are switched so it is a it is a type of goat demon why now is it so important just I want to get the shot, the straight read right why is it so important that we don't sacrifice the Azazel goat what would it mean if we did sacrifice that goat for Azazel I mean,
2: yeah. we're, we're living with Baal and all those others
0: yeah Explicitly, you're sacrificing a goat to a demon. So now you understand why it's so important to leave that goat living for Azazel. They kept the ritual, but if you sacrificed it, that's why they—they've updated. This is an updated version. Now I'll take it even back further. Well, we know this in uh, Aztec tradition or some earlier Canaanite or Ugaritic. Who? Who? Was that goat
4: Can you say that?
0: correct? Which is why acharei is put here in the first sentence. Do you understand where your mind then could go? Is oh my God, God took two children, these pure souls, as an offering. Deplorable. Our mind can't. My mind couldn't even go there. I had to force myself to think that to teach that to you. So how many steps now are we removed from child sacrifice? Well, in a sense, the narrative is not so far from it. And just imagine in a biblical mind how close you can be to that. Then to the Azazel goat and this lots, this whole different machination. And then finally, that we don't even slaughter that goat to Azazel at all. And by the way, goats, mountain goats... You push a mountain goat off a cliff, it's a mountain goat. I mean, if there's any, goat, if there's any animal that I was... You know what I mean? It's not like you're pushing a seal off a cliff. You're
4: <laughs> but if you follow your train of thought, then Aaron's sons were sacrificed to God as being holy. They were sacrificed in a good way.
0: There is a Midrash that says just that. And I fight it tooth and nail. We
4: don't know that.
0: Tragically, we don't know. We're we making it all up. Tragically, that they but went. That's what
4: you've implied now when you said there was child sacrifice by the Aztecs and the Mayans, etc., which was a sacrifice to a good sacrifice.
0: That there is a read, well, good, of mm-hmm. the most holy that yeah. these people were offered up, yeah. and there is absolutely a read back in Shmini these two sons following the order the Midrash moves away from it because it's too dangerous so they talk about them drinking and having alcohol and so we can find an excuse as to why or mine which was if they don't have any meat substance then there has to be a substance but I would a powerful read is they were offered because they went and they used these implements in this way and
4: they became the sacrifices and, and that might be why Aaron is prepared to carry on being a priest. You'd think under these circumstances he wouldn't have wanted to keep <coughs> doing the worship of this God. Correct. So maybe he thought, you know, my sons have gone to God and this is my duty.
0: And that's why I believe when he says he makes expiation for himself and his household, you know that prayer is, mm-hmm. that prayer is so powerful. That's why we lead with this line, even though it was a couple of stories ago. They're my sons. They, they became martyrs in, in, in an unhealthy, unreligious way. This is why I see our Torah, so I just want to be very clear. It's alluded to, but we're three steps removed from it. A, not human. B, not goat. C, we're going to see in a second, not sacrifice. Within the Torah, that's what we're going to get.
2: Oh, well, it, it, maybe I've forgotten the exact interpretation, but as I recall, soon Moses is basically going to sort of blame Aaron for what happens by saying, "You didn't train your kids right, and that's." That yeah, was
0: back in the story a few weeks ago. Okay, and then oh, it's such a good story. I'm sorry we're learning back to it, but yeah, Aaron goes, "Great, what are we supposed to do now?" God gave me orders to do this in this case, but this is a different case. You don't have the right rules. Moses was so mansplaining in that moment, he really, really missed the boat. And Aaron's silence, by Aharon, that negative silence when right. he just goes silent, that, kol de mama dakar, that still small voice, Yidom is not silence. It's just a palpable absence of language to explain emotion. And I would say prayer, at its best, is not language, but it's that same. Despair, misery that can be, or joy, love, that can not be in this cultic way. Yeah, Moses, I love our beautiful, heroic people. but yeah, they, They're always
2: flawed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always make mistakes.
0: Well, which just means uh, wilderness word. And then he offers his bull. So this is sandwiched. His offering. Do you notice he does a bull, two goats, and then a bull. <coughs> so that Aaron is both for his family, and then it's for himself and his household. Then, this glowing coals and two handholds of incense and bring this behind the curtain. What did we read? Tell your brother Aaron he's not to come at will into the shrine behind the curtain. So he's not doing it at will. He's, tr- he's following an order and yet he now comes behind. And he covers so that the cloud from the incense screens covers that's over the ark, lest he die. So there needs to be something opaque. Something is not going on. This is the mystery. This is that ritual je ne sais quoi that is part of, uh, philosophers call it the phantasmagoria. That something is going beyond just simply, oh, that makes sense. You have two goats and one goes up and one goes down. If it makes sense, it's not ritual. (laughs) So, he takes some of the blood of the bull. He sprinkles with his finger over the cover on the east side. And the cover, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. He shall then slaughter the people's goat of hatat, of sin, and bring its blood behind the curtain and do with its blood as he has done with the blood of the bull. He should sprinkle over it in the cover and in front of the cover. Now, sorry to be so bloody here, but what is happening with the bull and the goat, this mixed blood so to speak what does the bull represent Uh, in uh, letters the bull is the Aleph in fact the shore the Aleph it kind of looks like a, a bullhead we know this so that the bull is the alpha it's the ultimate and that this altar should be of the most high so that's one coating of blood You guys ever seen I I know it's a stupid question, but you've seen your own blood. But have you seen a lot of blood? Okay, in like medical circles, but this is coating. It is it is textual. It's it's got a viscera, it's got a thickness to it. It it's coating. It can be incredibly I know it sounds pun intended bloody, but it can be incredibly (coughs) clean.
3: Yeah, hard in this
0: oh my do you see apocalypse now <laughs>
3: yes
0: the I end see. of apocalypse now so that was blood. yes <coughs> but this is a very different ritual and I think this is why this I wanted to just spend a little time on how powerful sacrifice can be and is even reading it this dedication to be so clean remember linens linen. Oh my God, I can't even keep it non-pressed, let alone, right? <laughs> it wrinkles so quickly, but here we are in our purest of pure, in our total focus, <coughs> turban, white, 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 blood everywhere. So that, and just see this red and white, and in the Kabbalah, this is justice and mercy coming together. And the blood of the Olah, this bull that will be completely offered with the goat of the hatat which the sin offering it combines these two metaphors of, of complete dedication and sin to say when I make mistakes and the mistakes of the people it comes part of the same altar this is that eastward seven times that becomes part of the same ritual experience
3: but he would also be covered in blood because the linen is so
0: coarse. I mean, the, the oh no, his dry cleaning bills in about five cents. Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely getting there.
2: Why? Mm-hmm. Oh, we, the, 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 the thrust of this is in two different coats, mm-hmm. and what happens to two different coats? And all of a sudden, bookend pools are, are brought in, and the question is why.
0: Because, so I would say, historically what we're trying to do is submerge this story that has an understory that just seems like it's part of our traditional ritual, because this is a foreign demon sacrifice that was converted into a ritual of placing the sins upon the people, put the goat away, give another goat, coming offering, and then the bull offering is well, that's what you do for sacrifices, barbecue. That's how you feed the people. And it's a centralized worship space. We're going to get to that in a second, because people used to do this just like they did offerings of the Shlach Kaporis. They would do this in their homes. They would do this like the Passover offering. Remember, we studied that together a few weeks ago. They would do that before each and every home, but now it's centralized in the temple. So I think the bulls <coughs> give it a little more fanfare. Because you have a priest, two goats, one goes up, one goes down. It's kind of hard to imagine everybody around, but you're hearing. And what does the bull represent? The priest, his family, the community of Israel in its highest aspiration. That would be some of the reasons. So, you should purge the shrine of impurity and transgression of the Israelites, whatever their sins, and shall do the same for the tent of the meeting which abides with them in the midst of their impurity. I want to read that in Hebrew. This is a theological statement. What does it mean? Whatever their sins and transgression, this tent of meeting will dwell with them within their impurity. Simple. I just as simple as what does the shot mean? Back to your bull and goat. Why are we doing bull and goat? Is God with you in sin? That line. Okay, that's one. Uh,
2: I'll bid no.
0: You'll bid no. <laughs> God is
1: everywhere.
0: God is everywhere and my tent of meeting stays with you during this operation. You can say you're going to cast it off down to Azazel. You can say that it's going to be offered up into heaven and that God's only going to come when you're good and clean. I, I, I'm going to put all of my goralot lots on that. That it is with you abides with you in the midst of your impurity. Which is a which is a shift. Which I don't think. Holiness and stay behind the tent. Don't come in, Aaron. You can't be there. But there's an irony there. Then who's gonna do it? I mean, it's such a philosophical question. Is the holiest place when there's nothing's happening? Maybe. Oh my God, it's so clean. No one's here. Wow. a beautiful dinner, I'm silent, I'm alone
2: (laughs) I didn't say anything wrong, you know we just ate silence, okay well, is it in essence saying uh, I know I've created humans who do good and do bad and I'm there all the time is that what it's saying? I,
0: I believe that is it that it's not just Asuli mikdash b'tocham, make for me a holy place and I will dwell among you I'm among you I'm here with you you need to cause ritual to help you move through these ups and downs these choices whether they're really choices or not we're going to move through them but I'm with you no that doesn't mean okay that's the way it is okay I guess we'll just have carnal you know just sacrifice we don't eat blood we're being very particular about it. I don't know, actually, if uh, he's super bloody. Because in a sense, you would think with his ritual and really trying to be careful about that separation, maybe perhaps he is doing his utmost to keep all of that. Uh, and I can uh, that performative. And that's why the Apocalypse Now image isn't the right one. Because this, the way that the priesthood would take care of the insides and the smoke and the incense and the altar. It's opaque. It's filled with a kind of uh, uh, real, um, sensual text, uh, texture, but it's not reading Torah. I mean, although ironically it is. kind of Now we study it and this is how we get close to it. But I went... As, you've been to Mass? Have you guys ever been to a Catholic Mass? I mean, they get the Torah much better and some... Better. They go with the incense and more of the kinds of... Uh, and the Rabbis were afraid of that. I mean, a lot of our ritual has been created to distance us from some of this visceral... Uh, kishka work. And thus, the kodesh mitumot b'nei Yisrael... That he should purge the shrine of impurity with the transgressions of the Israelites. I'm going to make one more comment. I know I'm getting very drushy. But uh, you can't go through your stuff without getting bloody and dirty in order to purge yourself from that very iniquity. Mm -hmm. If you think you can just go clean and wear all white and be like, here I am, come day three there's no, I think that's these, it's not just metaphors really you've got to get get into the kishkas of it all when he goes out to make expiation in the shrine no one else should be in the tent of the meeting till he comes out when he's made expiation for himself and his household and for the whole congregation he should go to the altar that's before Adonai and and it says purge it but notice it's expiation is and purge is you you got to clean it up you got to get messy you got to make ritual and you got to clean it up take some of the blood of the bull and the goat and apply it to each of the horns of the altar and the rest of the blood the rest of the blood sprinkle with his finger seven times. Now I used to think of this as
1: <laughs>
0: I don't think that anymore. It's like buckets. I mean but all of oh, it's all of this is coating and it's coating and it's just totally uh, gosh, I guess the right word. It's emulsified. Mm-hmm. Something that is stone, this earth, this altar, this stone. And thus he should purify of the defilement of the Israelites and consecrate it. Freud was very uncomfortable with all of this. But I think it's extremely Freudian that you take your kishkas, you put your guts on the altar, you use that as this kind of mapah, almost like a, a blood tablecloth of your life, and that's how you say, okay, here's my clean. Mm-hmm. So when he's finished purging the shrine, the mechaper et ha'kodesh, so the Hebrew much better, kiper, the, the live goat should be brought forward. And then he brings both hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquity, sins, and transgressions of the Israelites, whatever their sins, putting on the head of the goat, and it is sent off into the wilderness through a designated uh, agent. Biyad ish iti hamid Help me with that. I wrote a short story about this guy. Who is he? The priest's got to stay in the house. Who's this designated agent? What's he doing? I mean, just use your imagination. Who is this designated agent? He's a translator. He walks through different worlds and he has to be a carrier of multiple things at once. He needs immunity. He needs power. He needs humility. And he's actually going down. I mean... Is he going to meet Azazel? Is he going to be like, look, demon, I know we used to sacrifice for you, but we're bigger than that. Here, the goat, don't kill him. Is he protecting the goat? Is he making sure the goat gets there? Is he making sure the goat doesn't come back? I see this as the uh, kind of a whistleblower. I see him as someone, this designated agent. He's got to represent. He's taking all of the sins of these people and bringing it down and coming back, he's pu- he's bearing witness down to Azazel. Is he coming?
1: Yeah.
0: Michael Lewis. <laughs> okay, so in politics, so he has been partly scapegoat. That designated, he's going down. He's showing you what he is. Or is it Michael Lewis, or some of these other authors, or is it William Barr? Or is it Mueller who's the one who's coming? It's a very interesting argument. But but isn't that really a reference to
4: himself? Well, the Christians we use it as a reference to Christ he took on the sins he died for us he became the scapegoat he died for us
0: so absolutely so this is Rene Girard that modeling I believe that the sacrificial lamb slash goat is the one that went up this one is different because he's being cast off you see what I'm saying yeah, and he's struggling through yeah He's he the one, freed. right, freed, quote-unquote. It's almost like the designated agent taking the stockbroker from Lehman Brothers and bringing him back to the, you know, <laughs> Cleveland and being like, do you remember? Like, this guy used to work here. You know, yeah.
3: there was a, and I do say this because you're so familiar with pop culture, but there was the Twilight Zone, I think it was, for those of us old enough to remember, Twilight Zone, and there was It's a, coming back. Oh, well, it was called The Sin Eater, and there was, and it was played by Richard Thomas. And he, people would die, and then um, the family would lay food out all over the person's stomach, and this guy would go and eat the food, which represented eating the sins off of this person. Now this person was free. Mm. And then, so that, this was this guy's job. And then eventually, he died, and so the sin eater. And so then the family, you know, put the food out. And, of course, nobody would go near him. Who would eat the sins of the sin eater? So I can't help but think of this with this goat that's carrying all these sins. You know, for all we know, this goat was probably sent off and and going to... Page
0: and then you have best feet everywhere. So that was how my short story ended up for the kids, which was this young guy going down to this final iniquities in an inaccessible region. El Eretz Gizera. This over-the-border kind of region. So this guy sees... Not just his goat as he pushes him off, but all these other goats have made this whole new, like, little clan. And there is no demon. And so there are all of these goats that are, like, herding and pasturing. And then so he takes them all with a red string and leads them all back because the people ran out of food. They ran out of, they ran out of bull. And so then, just in their time of deepest misery, that this, that you could eat, feast from your own, You know, the work of your own sins. But that's a different story. So then Aaron should go back to the tent of the meeting. I'm on verse 23. Take off his linen vestments. Then he entered the shrine and put them there. Then he bathes his body in water in the holy precincts. Put on new vestments. Come out and offer his burnt offering, offering of the people. Again, expiation for himself. The fat of this offering should turn into smoke on the altar. And the one who set the Azazel goat free should wash his clothes and bathe in water. You see, so he's come back. And it's clear that it's not Aaron. And it's also, it's not saying it's a priest. I almost think explicitly it's not a priest because he's going to the netherworld. He's going to the other side. He is not a holy agent. The bull of Chatat and the goat of Chatat was brought to purge the shrine, taken outside the camp. Their hides, flesh, dung, totally burnt in fire. So you understand, this purgation, they're not being altered up. They're now, the goat and the hide are being put outside the camp, just a little sample of them. So they're not actually entirely offered. The one who burned them should wash their clothes and bathe the body in water. And then he could re-enter. Okay, so, when it says, verse 29, And this should be a law to you for all time. What does that mean in Durkheim's language? This wasn't a law for all time. (laughs) Whenever it says, and this is what you always did. Well, they're saying that because this isn't what you always did. And this shall be the law for you for all time. Just listen to how different it is. You're more comfortable with it. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month practice self-denial. You should do no manner of work, neither the citizen nor the alien who resides among you. Oh, there's a great Midrash there. The alien that's within you, the strange that's within you, this is what Yom Kippur is about. That's not the Pshat. The Pshat is that the, those that are not Jewish that live with you should also, Israelites should do this. For on this day atonement should be made to purify of all your sins. You should be pure before Adonai. It should be a Shabbat of complete rest. You should practice self denial. It's the law for all time. Right? The priest who has been anointed and ordained to serve his priest should make in place of his father should make expiation. Now we're already talking about next generations. He puts on the linen and the sacred vestments purge the innermost shrine, purge the tents of the meeting and altar, make expiation for the priests and all the congregation. This should be a law third time, right? There verse 34. This should be a law for all time to make atonement for the Israelites and for the sins once a year. And so Moses did as God commanded him. What just happened?
3: Well, can I ask a question? So- Please. We're talking about, this is happening on the 7th month, the 10th day of that month. Yeah. And what we're talking about here is Yom Kippur. Correct. And so we're back to the calendar really starting in Nisan. Correct. But we're celebrating
1: in the 7th month.
0: The 7th month, right? Tishrei is the 7th month after right. Nisan. Right. But the Babylonians saw Tishrei right. is the head of the year. Right. right. But you're absolutely correct. So what's the law for all time?
3: You make atonement.
0: And how do you do it? You do this. Does it have anything to do with sacrifice? Does it have anything to do with blood? But it's bookended. So now you see how complicated this evolution is. And why this, so what I'm suggesting is when we do this, I mean, we're sacrificing, oh God, if, if I really go deep when we do this, we're putting our children on the altar too deep, it's too hard, and so it's much easier to scapegoat using the scapegoat, to be like, oh is it a demon, is it not a demon but now let's go deep, what are we doing when we're praying on Yom Kippur I'm ready to give my life for my values. I'm ready to say, God, whatever your choice is for me, who by water, who by fire, that's not my choice. All of this self-empowerment of choice. And, And I'm really praying. I'm spending 80%. I want to be better. I want to do this. I talk too much smack. I wasn't kind. I was sarcastic. But you know what? Deep down, God, take me as I am. Just love me for what I can be and... Can I be that greatest self? And I'm ready to give up all the the trappings of my life that I'm ready to lay my kishkas on the altar. I, I have tremendous compassion for Aaron's sons in that sense of like, we want to be able to make this offering. And so, and this is now, oh my God, I'm being heretical that I believe on Yom Kippur that I'm praying to a God that is an agent that has. Compassion and personality, and is not reconstructionist in the slightest. But that this is, I am in some ways fasting not to just be uh, focused, but I am fasting to to hurt, not hurt, to initem to, to to froth myself so that I can expurgate myself. And is it magical? Is it archaic? I'd have to say yes.
4: Could it be that the reason we hit this area is because it's the source of blood pump? It's the blood
0: I us. love that. I call it the divine crash cart. Absolutely. Yeah. So that me Dre, it? you're silent and dead. And then this is saying, Hey, hey. Right.
4: Yeah, my heart, my blood, I give to you. you and my pacemaker.
0: And, right, thank God. Yeah. Well, but to this point, to this point, thank God we don't. And just, I hope you don't misunderstand me, all those listening and being like, who's this whack job and K.I.? I don't believe in child sacrifice in the slightest. I think it's a tragedy. I think we all struggle with that tragedy. I don't believe in animal sacrifice. I don't think God needs food, and I don't think God needs a goat. I, in fact, was a vegetarian for many years. This is the the, the feast that, that we choose. Um, and yet, all of these traditions, by reading the Torah, why I think it's so important to read the Torah in the Hebrew, in a ritual way, is that I get to perform these rituals because I do think that barbecue is a powerful thing. That offering is a powerful thing. Eating meat, uh Maybe because of this. When I was a vegetarian, my religious friend said, You're, "You don't keep kosher." I said, "That's absurd. Of course, I keep kosher. I, I'm more holy than you. I don't eat anything." And they said, "Well, that's the problem. You don't separate milk and meat. You don't take the time because meat, and you'll see it here um, in this list of uh, prohibitions, of uh, sexual prohibitions." they um they end with uh this against the law of the scapegoat, so that within these new moral prohibitions, they still are mentioning this uh this strange offering to Azazel and saying don't do that anymore so within our tradition it's showing you a transformation from occultic blood. Uh, decentralized uh, offering to a centralized temple that is talking about prayer rather than this is my theory, prayer rather than sacrifice and ethical underpinnings to this ritual uh, law which I think we accent so much of the development and the, uh, the Judaism as a civilization and that we are no longer this ancient And what I've tried to do today is say, hey, you know what? It's a a very deep, human, uh, visceral uh, reaction. And we miss something when we just poo-poo that kind of purity, impurity offering and just to... uh, Oh, I just... This is so beautiful. I want to finish in the conclusion now. We're on 1824... Yeah. Thank you guys. Because here we are. Don't defile yourselves in any of those ways. It's these nations that I'm causing out before you defile themselves. Thus the land became defiled, and I called it an account because of its iniquity, and it spewed out to the inhabitants. Keep my laws, my rules. Don't do those other things, those citizens or strangers who reside among you, those abhorred things by them who are fled in the land before you, and so they are defiled. Don't let it spew you out because you're doing what they did in the nation that came before you. If you do those things, those people will be cut off from their people. You'll keep my charge not to engage in any of these practices before you. And you don't defile yourselves through them. I'm the Lord your God. Now I'm going to drop the final bomb. What did that text just do to the other nations that aren't Israel? What did it turn them into?
2: Not, second
0: class citizens. not just a second class citizen scapegoats
2: yeah.
0: I read the end of this Parsha in a tragic way it had nothing to do with anybody else our Yom Kippur ritual what I do I'm not trying to go often and, and pray to Azazel I'm simply trying to find a, a midst of expiation for my community to be better, to be holy What happened to the language of you should be holy because I'm holy? That's acharimot kiddoshim. But what it ends with is ah, those guys, watch out for them. Watch out, don't ever be part of that. They do this, they do that. You know what truth is? We did too. You just saw that we had a process from demonization into a cultic ritual that is now simply abstaining from sacrifice. So we have to be very aware of our own. I see the Torah as a beautiful counter-narrative to some of the own divine and human limitations. And But if we simply moralize ourselves into the modern character, I think we miss why people love football and Game of Thrones and also the constant need to look elsewhere for the problems that are really facing us uh, today.